I go to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to pick up where we left off. These are just nuggets uh, that the Holy Ghost shared with me after the 21-day fast. And, uh, uh, just nuggets, really. And, and, and the biggest part, uh, I believe God is just teaching me how to train my spirit and listen to my spirit and really trust my spirit. And I'm just kind of sharing with you all what was shared with me. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Let's read uh, verses 20 through 22. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. And then we're just going to pick up with everything else so that we can close out tonight. Nothing that we said up to this point. We have SoundCloud out there for you to go back and listen to those messages the last two if you desire to do so. He says here in verse 20, my son, attend to my words. In other words, prick up your ears, hearken. Give heed, incline, mark, regard. So how many know we're talking about paying attention here, right? To the word. He says, incline, lean into, stretch out, spread out, bend away, okay? Carry aside, extend, okay? So we're talking about now, come close to this. Thine ear unto mine saints. He says, let them not depart from your what? From your eyes. Notice he didn't say from your ear. Right? Because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? So then there must be some significance then to seeing the word of God with our eyes that allows it to get down into our system so that we can get the proper nutrition from it. Right? And we know that memorizing scripture does us no good, does it? Right? That's just a mental ascent to information. Just like the memory of food. Yesterday's food doesn't nourish our bodies today. Right? We need to put something in our system today in order to receive nourishment and nutrition for today. And so it's the same thing with the Word of God. Think about it in this context. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says to study to show yourself approved. Are you studying if all you're doing is hearing? Right. Raise your hand if you're actually studying, if you're just listening to information. Right. When are you studying? When you're what? Reading, looking at it, right? Repeating it, maybe rewriting it, looking words up, meditating, seeking to understand it, right? It's the context there. So he says here, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Now, is this talking about we have to look at the word all day, every day? No, if you look this up, it means don't turn aside, don't depart. So in other words, what you looked at that day, how many of you need to stick with it? And whatever it is that you already know and understand, what he's saying is don't depart from what you understand and know. Right? It says, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them. So this tells us then the word can give us life. Right? And not just life, it goes on to say, but it's also health to all their flesh. So if you get the word down into your system, how I many you know it can strengthen your immune system? It can drive out all levels of sickness and disease. Any foreign invader that is in your body and whatever name they've given it, how I many you know the word of God can drive that clearly out of your, your body? All right? And, and you've got to believe that. Now, I'm just going to pick up where I left off at because the desire is to close because I want to get on and, and really minister to singles. But married people, please don't miss it. Because if you don't, the foundation for a good marriage is that you first have to be a good single person. Because whoever you are in your single life is what you will take into that marriage. And how you know it's going to show up big time. Any married people in here willing to say amen. How many of you always say the first couple of years, all my singleness just showed out of our marriage, right? Most people say the first few years were rough. And what that was was making the adjustment from living by myself and being selfish to now living with someone else and I have to be selfless. Most people don't want to give up that right. right so, so we'll get into that. All right. Where do I want to go tonight? Nuggets again. Something that the Lord was sharing with me. If, if you'll fill your heart with the word of God, listen to this. Your heart will fill 
your mouth with the word of God. Listen to how the Lord had me write this. Even when you don't need it. What was he saying to me? I mean, you can't always foresee pressure that's coming your way. You can't always foresee an event that's getting ready to come. But if you fill your heart with the word of God every day, how many know then the word of God that's in your heart full, it'll fill your mouth and you'll know what to say even when you didn't realize you needed it. Not only will you know what to say, you'll also know what to do. Because everything is not always the way it seems. Right? I mean, a wrong response can change a better outcome that God had for you. If you allow your emotions to take you negative, you'll miss out on something greater that God had out in front of you. This was something for me, but I think it's applicable to everyone in the room. Ministers can give out, but they need to replenish their spirits. Every time they give out. An example that God gave me here is, you know, I work out four or five days a week. I've noticed I I work out on an empty stomach, so I'll drink a little protein drink or something like that prior to, but I don't put food on my stomach prior to working out because I don't like that slushy feeling, right? And so every time I get done working out, guess what? The next thing that hits me, I am extremely hungry. And so what my body is crying out for is to replenish what it lost through the workout, right? So if I don't give it back what I took away from it, then how many you know I'm getting ready to be under nutrition, right? Which means I can't get stronger, right? Then think about it this way. If I don't give my body the right fuel, then how many you know now I'm working against all the effort I put into the workout? So I'm being what's called counterproductive. So if you meet with a nutritionist or a trainer, They're going to give you a pre-workout regimen, and then they're going to give you a post-workout regimen. All of that is designed to do certain things to your body on the front end, but also certain things on the back end. Can I just be transparent with you all? Sunday is my toughest day of the week. Good to see you. Sunday is my toughest day of the week after I minister. That is when I'm capable of doing something I shouldn't have done. All right. How many of y'all have gone to Bible school? How many of y'all have studied Bible history? Kathleen Coomer and, and, and the other greats like that. When you studied them, you'll notice a lot of them had personal problems. Alcohol problems. Opposite sex problems. And many of them would divulge that they would leave a big meeting with thousands of people Go back to the room and get drunk. Well, let me tell you why I understand that. I'm not talking about or judging anyone. You just gave out. And so if you don't replenish, how many of you are on empty? So listen to what I'm getting ready to tell you because this would be true for musicians, praise and worship leaders, ministers, uh, ushers, hostesses. You know, you're dealing with people and you're giving out. So you ever notice that sometimes you can leave church and be on edge? Snappy. Okay, so I'm the only one. Let me just speak to myself. I could be ready to slap somebody after I leave church. I'm short, and what the Lord was teaching me is you must replenish on Sunday. You can't wait till Monday to replenish. Just like the workout. How I many know if I just spend a 90 minutes working out, I can't wait till the next day to try to replenish or I'm going to have a rough day physically. Same principle is true spiritually. So I've now had to adjust, Minister Vinny, where I also spend some time praying on Sunday after service to replenish what I put out. I noticed I would be short with my wife, short with my kids. Didn't want to be bothered. After you probably preached on love. <laughs> See, I'm just the only one willing to be honest. The rest of you are all going to sit here and that. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? There's a principle there. Pay attention to that, okay? All right, let's keep going. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. So you'll see there what will happen is 
Ministers can heal others, but if they don't nourish themselves, they can fall sick and die themselves. Right? We see it all the time, right? Counselors can help other people get their marriages together. We watch them on TV all the time. They're specialists, but they couldn't be a specialist in their own situation. Pastors are no different. And the reality is the people like to wait on the pastor to fall. It's sad, but that's the reality of it. How can he stand up there and tell us and look at his situation? I'm just telling the truth, folks. Right? The pastor almost has to be perfect. And that's impossible. So that's why I tell you all my imperfections so you don't think I'm perfect. So it don't surprise you when I make a mistake because I'm a human being, just like you are. Now, John chapter 14. Let's look at this. John chapter 14. Are you there? Let's look at a process here. John chapter 14, verse 10. Things the Holy Ghost is just teaching me. Do you, verse 10, John chapter 14, verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Look what he says here. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on mine own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, you should underline this, he does the work. I want to show you process here. Jesus does the speaking, but only the Father can do the work. Go real slow here. And this took so much pressure off of me. I don't have to perform All I have to do is believe and speak. And if that was the process for Jesus, how many know that's the process for us? All right, watch this now. Father who dwells in me does work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the what? For the works sake themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, Is there anyone in here that believes in Jesus? Okay, I'm getting ready. I'm telling you, the world is yours. Every inch of it belongs to us. Okay, watch this. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father. Okay, so let's talk about kingdom process here to do greater works, all right? That means to know what to do, I've got to inquire of the Father. I mean, most of us are just out here doing what we want to do and saying, God bless it, right? Instead of inquiring on the front end what he wants us to do and the blessing is already built into it. Talking about process here. So we've got to inquire of the Lord. Then what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I only say what he tells me to say. But he said, the father in me is the one that actually did the work. You're all paying attention? All right. So then it's inquiring of the Lord. This is what he's teaching me. I'm going to use some real live examples, okay? Inquiring of the Lord, say it. You should write this down. And then watch God do it. Did you catch that? So you inquire, you have to say it, and you watch God do it. All right. So now I'm going to tell you all tonight so you can understand the magnitude of this. Uh, we booked, and I'll tell you the speaker, so it'll all be public here in a moment. Now I won't tell you the speaker, but it's big. It's a blessing. See, I don't know if he knows Linked Up Church is affiliated. We met before. You know, I don't know if he put the connection together, so for me, it's big that he's coming to linked up church without a prior relationship. It's huge. And so, yeah, yeah. So how many of you know you usually don't book them without a facility? How many of that's a little backwards right there? Right? And so we booked him without a facility. We'll get the facility. That's the only day he can come, lock him up with no facility. All right? So I'm going to help you all understand it. Now we had a place where everything they're showing me, uh, 
is 30,000, 25,000. So when you talk about, you know, this is an international speaker, jet fuel, you all understand? Uh, he, he's not staying the night. He comes in and goes back home. And so you pick up his expenses. So you start adding up the total cost of this event. And how many know I couldn't enjoy the event thinking about what it costs to have him here? I would have been sitting on the bench somewhere like, man. All right, so, so I inquire of the Lord. You wouldn't have gave him the date, booked him if there wasn't a situation out here for us. Okay, so to help you understand the magnitude of this, uh, when we secured West End's uh, church, Seventh-day Adventist church, they took me in the office back there in the back. So I have to go through what's called uh, Seventh-day Adventist doctrine and governmental procedures, okay? And so I can understand. It's no different if you came to live at my house. This is what, the way we do stuff here. You all understand that? And so if you're going to stay here, this, this is the way you got to do stuff. So that's all it really was. And so part of that was this. Our Sabbath begins at 6 p.m. on Friday, and it ends at 6 p.m. on Saturday. This building cannot be used for any other purposes from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday than for Sabbath purposes, right? Any violation of that will void the contract. Then they took me down dietary things. So basically, if you bring pork in this building, you bring any of that, that any of that, because these are doctrinal governmental things for them. So now I'm inquiring of the Lord. You know there's a building out there called Pastor Preston. Now I, how many know I'm arguing right there. They already said no they already said we can't use it. That's so now to me that's being dishonorable and disrespectful. I don't think he cared about all that though. Every time I go back it would get stronger. Call Pastor Preston and say this to him. So I called him, and I said, hey, sir, we got a situation here, international speaker. I'm calling in a favor. What I'm asking is that we can move the Thursday night service to Friday night, one time only. I already remember everything that you all, and, and I, I'm not dishonoring that. I just felt led to call and ask, blah, 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 blah. Right? He said he was in a great mood. Bill Winston, boy, I didn't already said his name. Man. Well, let's give God glory for that, though. That, that might have been a big piece to it, right? Matter of fact, let's really give God glory for it now. It's huge, huge. So he got all excited, if this makes sense to you. How'd you all get him? So he said, let me check with my people. I'll get back to you on Monday. Well, I know what that means because I've been here before. So there's the elders meeting, right? Got to go before the board, which is the elders, to get their approval. Then you have to go and have what's called a congregational vote. And get their approval on Sunday. He called me on Monday and said, you're all set, big fella. You can use the building on that Friday. Listen, folks, that's a modern-day miracle if you understand their government and their doctrinal. That would be as big as me calling a Jewish synagogue on a Saturday saying, can we have service in place of your service? That would be as big as me saying we're getting ready to have some pork ribs out on the parking lot and serve it in the sanctuary. And they approve it. Okay? So, so now, what am I talking about here? What am I talking about here? What am I saying? You first inquire of the Lord. Then you have to be able to say it. But he is the one that does the work. So he was the one behind the scenes working on Pastor Preston's heart, the elder's heart, and the congregation's heart. And I needed to add this piece. And he said, at no additional charge. We can give God just as much glory for that. Now, let me tell you what I met with, the, I met with our business manager the next day. But guess what we're going to do for them? If it was going to cost us that much money, I mean, we need to take care of them. And we need to make them feel like, thank you, in a big way. That's what we're going to do. All right, let's keep going. All right, so now what I want you all to understand, I could tell you story after story after story like that. I mean, God is going to usually bless you in unconventional ways that you not, you're not thinking about. You know why? Because his ways are not your ways. 
His thoughts are not your thoughts. He has to show you that he's God. Your job is to inquire, say it, but it's his job to do the work. All right. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Let me show you another way that he showed this to me. Joshua chapter 1. When you get there, say amen. Joshua chapter 1. You turned there, Larry? Did you get there? Joshua chapter 1. You didn't get there? I'm trying to get to that level right there. Joshua chapter 1. Okay, watch this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not what? Shall not what? Okay, so, so our job is to inquire and to what? Say what? The word. Right? So if you notice what God is doing with Joshua, he's teaching him and putting the word in his mouth. And he's saying, Joshua, this book shall not depart out of your mouth. But watch this. But you shall hear it day and night. You shall what? Are you meditating if all you're doing is hearing it? No. You're meditating if you're seeing it, saying it, studying it, repeating it. Muttering it over and over and over again, looking things up, right? Then he said, meditate on it, how often? Day and night. For the purpose of showing how much knowledge you have, right? No, for the purpose so that you may observe to what? To do, watch this, according to some of what is written therein. All that is written therein. For then you'll make your way what? And then you'll have what? Not just success, but good success. How I many know all success is not good success? There's a lot of successful people out here, but it's not good. Right? What he's promising is good success. Right? So have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed, you've got to know this, for I'm going to be with you wherever you go. And that has to comfort you, folks. Right? So what's the process? I've got to inquire first. If you're smart, you're going to do that every day. I'm talking on big stuff, little stuff. God, how do you want me to handle this? Right? Sometimes it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. And guess what? You don't have to understand everything around that. My wife would tell you, in the previous situation, I woke up, it was like a nightmare. And I said, babe, the Lord just showed me we cannot move forward with these three people. Now, technically, I couldn't see nothing. You all understand? I didn't know anything. I just had that dream. And I woke up and I said that. We can't move forward with these three people. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant or what to do with that. What it was the next week. So you won't understand this when you're going through something. You don't understand it until after you see the end result. Of, right? And if you don't learn how to keep your heart right, you're going to miss out on the better situation. And God, everything is not the way it looks. So what God was showing me was, it's not that I have to move them away from you. I have to move you away from but if I have a victim's mentality and somebody's done something to me, I mean, I can't move forward in what God has for me. All right. Something God's teaching me. Use this as a teaching point. You're never going to understand the strength of a relationship that you have with someone until there's conflict. Or until you have to discipline them. And you're going to find out what it is. And that's just reality. So my daughter just taught me this the other day. As a father, I mean, I, I have to correct my daughter. And, and it's going to reveal what kind of relationship we have. And this was, man, this was brutal. It hurt me, if you all understand what I'm saying. When you got to sit there and tell her, wipe those tears off your face. Those tears are not getting ready to help you in this situation. You got to be strong. 
because it's a real world out there waiting for you. So take that negative energy and drop that attitude and channel it into something positive. Something good will come out of this for you. You can't control what people do to you. Only thing you can control is how you respond. And nobody out there is going to care about your tears. So wipe them and grow up and be a big girl. And I'm in it. And I left it like that. The first time, listen to me. She didn't come say goodnight, Daddy. <laughs> and give me a kiss. But I got to live with that. Next morning, now I misread that, though. But I misread that. Next morning, I didn't get out of the bed. She got in the car, went with my wife off to school. First time I can remember that I didn't get I love you, Daddy. Boom. Well, okay. Next day, she comes home from school. And she says, Dad, what happened was I was up till 1230 uh, last night. So I was tired that morning. And uh, so I put two and two together. That's why she didn't make it in the bedroom. And she was running late. She just ran, jumped in the car. And then she pulls out her notebook, and it's a graph and charts of a three-year plan on how to overcome what she went through. She said, Daddy, I stayed up till 1230 working on that. That's when I said, we have something. Why? Because I corrected her. She got better. You can't correct people. You can't have conflict. If the conflict changes the level of our relationship, we'll never have anything. It didn't bring us closer together, and now we can't have dialogue and get better. There was never nothing there in the first place. Somebody was just using somebody. So, I mean, I didn't want to do that to my daughter, but I know there's a real world out here waiting on her. She can take it from her father. She can take it from anybody. She was upstairs writing a three-year plan with graphs and charts and colors. And she sat there and she showed me how she's going to respond. She's 15 years old. There's a lot of adults that haven't learned that yet. Everybody else is wrong. Thank you all for this high level of enthusiasm in here tonight. It's good stuff, though, isn't it? Good stuff. I tell you, don't get married if you don't want conflict. Single people, don't get married. Because it's going to be often and rapid. Sometimes it's waves of it. Wave after wave after wave. Come on, married people, don't leave me out here by myself. And the actual conflict is designed to help us grow unless you have immature people involved. You all getting anything out of this tonight? All right. I won't go here, but I want to tell you the story. God started this process back in Genesis chapter 1, didn't he? Right? God saw that the earth was darkness void, right? Well, how did he fix that? He spoke. He had to say something. And in this case, because Jesus wasn't manifested yet, the Holy Spirit carried out the work. Right? So the process hasn't changed. Right? Have to, for us, inquire. I've got to say something. And I've got to trust him to perform that and get the job done. All right? When God made us, he said, let us make man in our what? Image and after our likeness. He said it, and the Holy Spirit went to work, right? Caused a deep sleep, right? All those things. Adam formed him from the dust of the ground. God just said it. The Holy Spirit performed it. Mark chapter 4, again, I'm only giving you nuggets. We won't read the whole story, but you all know the context, right? God is the sower, right? The sower sows the word. Who sows the word? God does, right? The sower, right? The ground is the condition of the heart of the people that receive the word. Is that right? And so how many know in this room, there are all kind of different hearts? 
based on what people are going through, right? All kind of different hearts. By faith, I believe everyone in here is good ground. But everyone in here has a, a, the potential to produce at different levels, 30, 60. Some in here can get 100-fold production. And that's simply based off of how they hear and the condition of their hearts. I mean, you know, that's not the issue with the person sowing the word. Issue is not with the person sowing the word. The issue is with the condition of the heart of the person receiving the word, which is why you can have a room full of people. Some people are getting nothing out of it. Others are run out, lives are changed. That's a heart issue. How many know there's nothing I can do to fix someone else's heart? That's between them and God. All right, you all still with me? So let's talk process again, okay? Kingdom process, Mark chapter 4. The sower sows the word. We have to receive the word, right? But God is the one that brings it to pass. How do we know we received it? When we can say it out of our mouths, right? So now we know we've received it, right? Good ground. Receive it with gladness, right? And it produces some 30, some 60. God is the one that causes the production. Our job is to just make sure we keep our hearts right and receive it. So if I can teach you anything, if you ever watch me, I will never sit under the word and not listen and receive it. I wouldn't care if your four-year-old son or daughter was up there delivering because I don't believe it's a person up there. I actually believe God is using a person to help me. So I don't care who it is that's up there. Right? Because I want to treat God right, and I want to treat his word right. Remember what it said in Galatians? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Well, well look at the context there. It says, let him that is taught in the word communicate and partner with him that teacheth all things. So notice, however I'm reacting is not how I'm reacting to the individual. I'm actually reacting to God that way. So if you ever want the full benefit, sit under it and receive it because you can get something out of anything. It's just a matter of treating it right. That's not the issue with the sower. I can prove it to you because Jesus only was able to touch one in four people that he delivered it to. But how many know the goal was that everyone produced at the same level? So if you only had one in four listen to him, what do you think our odds are going to be? Everybody, well, I'm telling you, if you want to get the full benefit of this, don't ever sit under and not try to get something out of it. Is that good? All right. Now, this works against us, what the Lord was showing me, when we listen the other way. The devil hears it. When we say the wrong things, watch this. And then he carries out the work. So it works in a positive direction, and it also works in a negative direction. This is why, and I can't be, I can't be better. I was just having lunch with someone today, and I asked a, a real solid question because of their situation. People cannot help you get to the next level who have the same problems that you have. I don't know any other way to say that to you. And so if all you're going to do is spend, around, spend time around people who are just like you, everyone's going to stay the same. And I'm not trying, everybody here understands that, right? And so I was trying to help this individual, young person, understand there's no way for it to change until you change your environment. Show you your future when you show me your friends. Everybody clear on that? All right, so let's keep going here. So it works the same way in the opposite direction, which is why if we can't say the right thing, don't say nothing at all. But right, our flesh, I mean, sometimes it feels good to say the wrong thing. I mean, sometimes we know it's wrong, but I'm saying it anyway. But if we don't understand death and life are in the power of the tongue, it is producing something every time it flies out of our mouth. We must hold it back, all right? Let me show you that. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now, what you'll learn, 
How many of you know I've got a big reward coming for my daughter? Because she handled that the right way. Big reward. So what I did on Tuesday, I woke up and I re- inquired of the Lord. Valentine's Day is coming up. Fathers in here, especially fathers of daughters. Every Father's Day, I've given my daughter a Valentine's gift so that the kids that are booed up at the school and all of that, she doesn't feel like she's missing anything. So they can talk about the little note that they received and, and a piece of chocolate. She can talk about the Pandora bracelet that she received from her daddy, things like that. So on that Tuesday, I inquired of the Lord. I said, what could I do to, to bless my daughter? So I've been watching her for the last year. She's in the fashion now. And so I've been watching her. So we go shopping. And I, I, I've learned her taste. Something I've prided myself with her, with her mother is the ability to be able to shop for her and she doesn't have to be present and come home and, and she loves what you get. So I went shopping for my daughter on Tuesday. I was so excited. I came home. I said, babe, come in the closet. I just want to see if I hit this out the park. I feel like I did, but I just want to see. And I laid all the outfits out. And she was like, that girl is going to. That's her favorite style of pants. That's her. She loves rompers. And I didn't just get the outfits. The romper had the circles on. So I got her the circle earring, circle bracelet. How many of you know the outfit is not complete if you don't have the accessories with it? Right? And so she didn't know this before I left. I had already gone in her bedroom to see what kind of shoes she had up there. So I had matched all the outfits with shoes that are already in her club. That was strategic to save me money because I know her mother don't like new outfits with old shoes. So I looked at the best one she had in there, put some outfits together. I'm going to bless her for Valentine's Day from her dad. But I'm going to tell her, because you let me discipline you, that's why I did this month. I always want to show her, even as an employer, trust me, I've got something better for you if you can handle what I just gave you. Sometimes I'm just checking out the quality of the relationship. I mean, you can't go a long way with people you don't have good relationships with. You can't go far. You can go short, but you can't go far. God is good. God is good. I'm telling you. The rewards are always greater than any level of discipline. I've learned that from God. Right? Sometimes it's not even discipline. Sometimes it's just it's a better situation for you that's just not right. It's not ready yet. But once it's ready, it's yours. You're not even going to remember what you used to do. It just depends on the condition of people's hearts. You know the character of God. It's always better. God is good. How many of y'all glad you came tonight? All right. Turn to John chapter 10. Or Romans 8. Let's read that. Romans 8. Did you turn there, Larry? Did you turn there? Romans chapter 8. Let me see if he's looking. He's looking at anything over there? All right. Just checking. I'm a man, Larry, back there. Romans chapter 8. Are you there? All right, look at this. Never forget this. For to be carnally minded is what? Is what? Okay, so you didn't turn there. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. I'm sorry. All right. To be carnally minded is what? But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and what? Ooh, wholeness. I'd rather have that than anything else. You all see that? Because the carnal mind is hostile against God. For it is not subject to the word of God, law of God, neither indeed can be. So then those that are in the flesh, highlight it, underline it, cannot what? Cannot what? Cannot what? So at the end of the day, is this about pleasing people or is this about pleasing God? Because listen to me, I'm going to teach you a lesson. If it's about pleasing people, you can't please them. It's impossible. Single people, I'm getting ready to help you. If you're getting married for someone to please you and know what to do, the right thing to do all the time, man, you're in for the, man, it's, 
it's, it's actually the opposite. They do the wrong thing most of the time. You have to respond the right way. What is it? I'm a male and she's a female. We don't even think alike. We see nothing the same way. And we're looking at the same thing. And we'll describe it differently. So now imagine we live together. Wait till I teach you about solitude. There are times I just need a break. See all these married, scared people. Sometimes, listen to me, Lenny. Sometimes when her and the kids and I hear the door close, I jump up. I mean, I, I start celebrating. Talk to me. Come on, Dick Dale. Talk to me. That's not because I don't love them. I'm getting ready to enjoy me some solitude, some peace and solitude. It works both ways. Listen to me. When our kids were smaller, she talking baby talk all day long. I came home. I said, baby, what can I do to be a blessing to you? She said, you can take you and them two kids and go down in that basement, lock the door. Don't just shut it. Lock the door so they can't get back up here and give me three hours by myself. True story. What was she needing? Solitude. Did that mean she didn't love me? Does that mean she doesn't love the kids? No, because after that three-hour nap, she couldn't wait to see us again. And that's healthy in a marriage. We need time together. We need time apart. I'm going to Jacksonville next week by myself. Already, I'm like... I might answer the phone. I might not text me. Then I'll make a decision. I'm going to answer the phone. No, no, no. How many of y'all know I'm answer the phone? But, but what's my point? Am I looking forward to that, London? I'm looking forward. Now, what am I going to say to my family? It's on SoundCloud. I'm going to get the word. <laughs> Ministers need to be replenished. But the reality is I'm going to get the word and some solitude. Al, am I right or wrong? You are right, sir. Sometimes them trips come at the right time, don't they? And so watch this. This is going to shock you. There are times, man, I can't wait to go. But then after I'm gone, I can't wait to get back. I want to get married so we can be together all the time. It's unrealistic. It's going to shock you. Nobody wants to be around you that much. (laughs) Tamika, you know sometimes when Jay hit that door, and it's his day to take Haley to school. (laughs) And Jay, vice versa, right? You had your days, right? She said, me and Haley, we're going, all right, you all enjoy yourself. And when they go, man. (laughs) Single people, it's unrealistic to think somebody's going to want to be around you all the time. As fine as you are, they're going to need a break from you. All these married folks in here. Look at Johnny, scared. Look at him, just shaking over there. I always want to be with you, Diane. (laughs) Diane, when I look into your eyes, they're like pools of, no. You know, sometimes when Diane go, (laughs) right or wrong. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Let's close this out. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the holy calling, 
consider the apostle and high priest of our what? Confession, Christ Jesus. Notice what he is. He is the high priest of our what? Our confession is what that word means. Profession, confession. Okay, depending on what translation you read. So, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our what? Confession. Okay, go with me over to chapter 4. And I'm going to work through this chapter here very quickly. Look at verse 14 in chapter 4. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Now, if you understand the role of the high priest, he represented the people to God. So Jesus takes what we say and he presents it to the Father. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, notice what it says. Let us what? Hold fast our what? So, Ed, you got to say the right thing and you've got to hold fast. Even when you get a report that's contrary, you still got to say what God said. By his stripes, I am healed. But your counts are getting lower. Your, your, your blood count is getting lower. That is a report. But I'll believe the report of the Lord. And my blood count is getting stronger. And by his stripes, I am healed. How I many know we've got to hold fast to that? I don't care what life throws at us. We will purchase a building cash debt free. And we've got to hold fast to that. Right? And whatever it is that you're standing on and believing on, you've got to hold fast to it. And I wish I had a rope or something here. But when you're holding fast to something, how many know you're unwilling to let it go? It's like a pit bull. That nose is bent back for a reason. Why? So that it can bite, clamp on, and not let go, but still breathe. And folks, life is going to throw things at you that if you don't learn how to hold fast to what it is that you're believing and saying, you're going to let it go. Back up to verse 1. Let me show you this and then I'm going to close. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear lest anyone seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, Old Testament saints, not being mixed with what? Faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter into that rest, as he said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall, the ones who did not mix it with faith, enter into my rest. Watch this now, and again, here's the grace message. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. When I teach an aspect of grace later on, you all got to understand, everybody wants to see a move of the Spirit, but the move has already happened. And so we're actually trying to get God to do something that he's already done. So really the book of Acts, folks, is not the New Testament. If you study scripture from the book of Romans through Jude, it's all about the finished work of Jesus Christ. We're not trying to get him to do anything. We're not going to have prayer meetings for God to move. If we're going to have a prayer meeting, it's to uproot the unbelief in us because he's already moved. And our job is to respond to what he's already provided by faith. I'm going to show you that so clear. There are only three verses in Corinthians that even deal with gifts of the Spirit. Three verses. Somehow we made that the big deal. And we began to measure spiritual maturity by that. When, when quite frankly, I'll just leave that alone. It's not a measure. That was the most immature church in the entire New Testament. But yet they flowed in. Wait till I show it to you. We have to have faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, not a move of the Spirit. Right? So when is the Spirit moved? It's already moved. Our job to tap into what he's already done. Folks, the work is finished. 
Jesus is sitting down. I'm going to make that so clear to you. If you think about church, we, we, we have church. We're good at having church without seeing results. Right? I mean, I bet I can put, man, I can put Emmanuel and, and Deep Time and Larry, they, man, they had his church lit up. Right or wrong? But when we wake up tomorrow, will anything have changed in our lives? Good stuff, isn't it? Right? So notice what produces a rest is a belief that it's already done. What produces stress, I'm trying to get him to do something. Did you all catch that? Or did that go? Did you see what he just said? See, what produces rest is me holding on to my confession, believing that it's already done. It's finished. And I need to rest in that. Isn't that good? Okay. Drop down to verse 11. I would have read all of it, but drop down to verse 11. Look what he said here. Watch this mercy, man. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. What rest? That he's already done it. I don't have to do the work. I just have to believe and say and then believe it's already done. We're not trying to get a building. We have a building. I mean, before we booked Bill Winston, this was already done. Once I switched my thinking from trying to get one to now where is the one at? It was already there. So now if I would have stayed with the old thinking, it would have cost us $30,000. Once I shifted to this age of grace, it didn't cost us nothing. Let's keep reading. For the word of God is living and powerful and what? Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I'll explain that in a moment. And joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you really want to know what you believe, measure it by the word of God. Isn't that good? I'm going to go a little further with that in a moment here. Watch this. Seeing then we have a great high priest, and watch how grace is in this. Seeing then how we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Watch this. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. All right, so I want you all to understand something. He's not dealing with us according to sin. He's dealing with us according to grace. Why? Because he paid the price for sin. Let's share some other things with you. He died early so that you could live long. He died at 33 so you wouldn't have to. Let us therefore, see, because you know what stops us from coming boldly? A sin consciousness. All right? We've got to learn the art. I've been practicing this. Even when you miss it, don't confess what you miss. Confess that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And God, you've already forgiven me from that. And I know your grace doesn't teach me that. And so, Father, I thank you that I'm not trying to overcome this. I've already overcome it by your grace. And it strengthens me. It removes all condemnation and guilt. And now I'm ready to You mean, Pastor, if I smoke a cigarette, I should confess? Yeah, right there at that moment. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And watch what happens to the desire for the cigarette. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, because the sin issue has been dealt with, to obtain mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Listen to this, folks. It's going to take faith. We're going to go out on this note. How can I say? It? 
What is the grace of God? What is it? Close with this. What, what is the grace of God? Power, it is that. It is that. Liberality. What was that? Unmerited, unearned. Hmm? Undeserved. Our resource for living. I'm going to give you another one. It's God's love. I'm going to give you another one, okay? In this context. It's God's overwhelming desire to treat you as though sin never existed in your life. Powerful statement. It's, 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 it's God's, and it's a revelation that you need of this, it's God's overwhelming to desire to treat you as though sin never existed in you. And when you understand that he's not dealing with you after that, it's going to change how you live your life. I mean, I don't have to tithe. It's an honor to tithe. What caused me to live better is because of my revelation of how good he's been to me when I wasn't even deserving of being good. Do you all understand? Pastor, why, why haven't you cheated on your wife? Because God has been so good to me. I can't treat him that way. It has nothing to do with her. The whole focus has to shift, folks. Do you all understand? I shouldn't say it has nothing to do with her. because She helps that process. But that's not my motivation. Do you all understand? Female trainer at the gym today. I noticed how you did your core work there. You need me to help train you to help. Come on over to my desk before you leave so I can get your information and set you up some free sessions. I don't train with females unless you're going to train both my wife and I. Oh, she, and she's right up there. So let me show you. She's right up there on that machine. So go have that same conversation with her. And if she agrees, then we'll both come see you. Watch this for some free sessions. True stories. God's my witness. True story. Do you think she wanted my wife? No. Now, the flesh side of me was like, free lessons <laughs> from you? <laughs> the grace side of me, you don't even play with that. Think about it. Not because my wife has been so good to me, but because God has been so good. Did that come across well? He has an overwhelming desire to treat you as though you've never sinned. He doesn't deal with us based off of that. Once you remove it from your thinking, you're not going to have a problem with it again. I'm not trying to overcome lust. I've overcome lust. You already delivered me from that by your grace. I thank you for that. I'm not trying to, not sh- trying to stop drinking alcohol, God. I'm not trying to. Do- Father, you've already given me the ability to stop. I've already overcome it, and I thank you for it. See the shift? And never think about anything that you've ever done wrong, because he's not. get a revelation of it, that revelation will cause you to live at a higher level. I'm going to touch this all year long. Good stuff, isn't it? Do you know that God loves you? And I'm talking about in spite of yourself. And he's not treating you based off of your shortcomings. He has an overwhelming desire to be good to you. Not just today, but every day. When you wake up, believing that and saying that, watch how your days look so much different. Okay. Write this thought down. I belong. I wrote this down. 
I belong at the throne of grace. That's my home. And I can go get help anytime I need it, Matthew. So watch this. If I don't have anybody else to turn to, who better to turn to than God? Knowing that he's right there ready to give me the help and release the grace in my time of need. You remember when the angel said in Psalms number 8, he was helping me understand this. The angels were perplexed. The angels were like, what is man that you're mindful of him? Why are you thinking about him all the time? The son of man that you visit him. You made him a little lower than yourself. The angels were upset because we are God's crowning creation. Now, if you're a parent in here, let me tell you, you know what I'm always thinking about? How to bless my children. It dominates me. Jay, you understand what I'm talking about? It dominates me, man. Thinking about it now. We're taking them to uh, Disney. And they said, can we take some of our friends? Sure, it's going to be more fun for you. That blesses me to take their friends. And I'm thinking about how to make it special so that they never forget it. And it helps me understand God's just thinking about how to make my tomorrow better than today. How to give me an experience that will blow my mind about how good he is. You all understand? Psalms 115, and we're done. You guys can play. I want to read this because I said it, but I want to show it to you. How many of y'all glad you came out tonight? Come on, say it by faith. God loves me unconditionally. And there's nothing I've done that can change his love for me. I tell you, when you get a revelation of that, I'm talking about, Ed, God wants you so well that nobody ever knew you were sick. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. By faith, something good is coming to somebody in this room. Man, I'm telling you, something getting ready to come. Oh, matter of fact, it's already here. Just reach up and receive it. Glory to God. And then walk right into it. Where did I tell you to turn? Any good parents in here? I'm thinking about my kids right now. I mean, that was fun shopping for my daughter. But, you know, I didn't leave my wife out. You all know that, don't you? I bought her something that choked her this summer. Ladies, you ever went shopping? You looked at something, you loved it, you flipped that price tag over. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm telling you what Grace is teaching me, Vinny. When I went there, this is what he said. Put the three out there that you like the best and don't even ask how much they cost. Don't ask, because I knew it was going to affect me too. I mean, I was going to buy the cheapest one out of the three. Well, I looked at them, the one I love. Get that one, wrap it up, put it in the bag. Don't tell me anything. Just wrap it up, gift wrap it, monogram that, put that up, and I'll come back and pick it up. Paid for it, didn't even think about it. Okay? Now watch this. Do a session. Somebody puts a, give me one of those handshakes. Boom. All right? Card comes unexpected resource, someone that my wife talked to back in Michigan was so appreciative, cash, boom. Come in, open up my mail, boom, cash. Almost double what the gift was that I paid for, for my daughter and my, you know what God was teaching me? When I deal with you, I don't think about how much it costs. I just think about how much it'll bless you. All I did was forwarded that to my family. And he gave it all back. God is good, folks. Where did I tell you to turn? And I'm done. Look at verse 12. You know God's thinking about how to bless you right now? He's thinking about how to do something for you. 
Look at verse 12, Psalms 115. The Lord has been what? He will what? He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those that fear the Lord, both what? May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. You're not ready for this, but the earth he's given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. See how important it is to keep your words? But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Can we just end giving God some praise tonight? Come on, can we just end giving God some praise tonight? Think about that. The Lord has been mindful of us. Well, what's been on his mind? Increasing us and our children. Takes faith to receive that, folks. I believe my tomorrow would be better than today. Hallelujah. I believe God's got something great in, in our future. Right? Why? Because all that's on his mind is improving the quality of my life. You see what he taught me with my family? Now, George, which one would you have bought? Just human nature. All three of them are nice. One is really nice. You'd have flipped those prices over. Which one would you? Just honestly. Probably cheap. I'm telling you, I would have brought the cheapest one. So the Lord had to tell me, don't even look at me. Just get the one. See what he was teaching me? He was showing me, because when I deal with you, I never look at how much something costs. I only look at how much it'll bless you. Then I turn around in three days, and all the cash came back double. Praise the Lord for that. Come on, praise the Lord. I know I took a few extra minutes, but but that is worth it tonight. To know that God is not mad at you. God loves you. I'm going to prove it to you all year long. He is not dealing with us by sin. Period. He's only dealing with us by grace. Which means there's nothing we did to earn it. So don't even try Father, I just thank you for growing me up, which helps me grow this congregation. Oh, bless this people in a mighty way, Father. Confirm your word with signs of